Welcome to episode number 133 of Stand Under the Don't Tree and Riddle Me This, a podcast about video games. My name is Cole Ross. I'm your host. I'm joined tonight via Skype by... Ben Merkel. And this is a very special episode. We're recording it at a bit of a different time, but that's not what's special. Uh, we're going to be talking about Batman Arkham City because both Ben and I have beaten it by this point. So we are going to spoil the shit out of this game. So if you haven't played Batman Arkham City um, and you feel like anything that we could say would uh, spoil the experience for you, um, I might recommend that you uh, not listen any further and uh, tune in again next week or wait until you've beaten it and then listen again for our tasty little morsels of insight. So first impressions, Ben. So the Joker died. <laughs> Figured, uh, you know, punish the people who didn't take our advice. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, the Joker died, and over the credits was the most uh, the most chilling use of a Temptations song. I have. Oh, wait, was that the Temptations? I don't know. Only you. Yeah. I don't. I forget who sang that. Oh, uh, the Platters. The Platters. The, the only reason I know that song, I sang it for a solo in high school for choir. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, no, that was um, effective. I don't know how I felt about the ending, to be honest. The entire yeah. like last chapter, I texted you about this. It felt kind of like a thirty villain pileup. Yeah, yeah. So let's uh, starting with when you get to the tower, or before that, even. Uh, I mean, before that, it was kind of cool. It was it was like um, it was like Arkham Asylum in that you traveled to different areas where different villains held domain. Yeah. You know, that like that was cool. I felt like that was uh, an effective way to kind of get a, as many villains in as possible. But when the main story thread started coming together and everybody turned out to be a puppet for everybody else, um, yeah. it, it almost felt like anticlimactic, you know? Okay, okay. To me, anyway. Yeah, I mean, my, my first impressions when I played it were pretty much the same way, where it's like I was kind of bummed that everybody was dying off. And also that everybody was dying off by a sword through the stomach. <laughs> that seemed to be the only way that people could die. Well, Talia got shot in the back of the head. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, Joker 1 dies with a sword through the chest. Ra's al Ghul dies with a sword through the chest. And Hugo Strange dies with a sword through the chest. <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty high number of a high percentage, through. at least, of villains who did you know died that way. Swords through chest, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. At first, I was kind of disappointed that that kept happening because, <laughs> I mean, honestly, you know, like, yeah, you don't want to see the characters die off, especially the Joker die off, since he's, you know, the the premier villain of the of the Batman universe. Yeah, I he's mean, the he's the yin to the yang, you know. Yeah, it's you couldn't the Batman story would not be the same without the Joker as the villain, as a villain in the universe, you know? And, and, and here's the thing, just, you know, kind of going back to the lack of focus, right? Um, in, in Arkham Asylum, it really felt like the Joker was the person that you were going after the entire time. There was a cohesion to it, right? Yes. And in this, you rapidly oscillate between running errands for the Joker and hunting him down and trying to thwart him. And yeah. and you, I, I feel like you don't really grow to hate him as much um, as you as you would have, uh, you know, if it if it was done in a more focused way, right? 
Yeah, I mean, there's definitely they were definitely split between Hugo Strange and the Joker because the entire game's leading you towards facing Hugo Strange. You know, from the outset, the very first that's the very first villain you see, and you know the t- the tower in the game is similar to the tower in Half Life Two. You know, where you see it the entire time. And you, you know, it's a similar uh, reveal. You know, you take an elevator to get to the top and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, so on the one hand, you have that in the back of your mind the entire time you're playing it. But then on the other hand, yeah, as you said, like you know, the Joker is also a is a big element too. That's the first villain you see, and then he's also you know kind of fighting to be the main bad guy as well. Yeah. So I will definitely say, yeah, that's true. Their attention was kind of split. One thing that's interesting um, with the Hugo Strange, uh, like him as a villain, is after if you start going around and collecting uh, Riddler trophies, it unlocks interview tapes between Hugo Strange and the rest of the villains. Okay, and so it reveals uh, basically this how things were set up the way they were. And so, uh, for instance, like there's an interview tape between Hugo Strange and Two Face, and so it's 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 basically five different videos of Hugo Strange talking to Two Face about like his issues of how he can't make a decision unless he uses a coin and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. and it's it's really interesting, and it in fact gives you it gives you more character development for Hugo Strange than the main storyline did, right. and so I I'd say I'd encourage you if you have the the time and the uh, I don't know, maybe the patience uh, to go through and collect the trophies. I'd say it's it's at least semi-interesting, you know? It is interesting, and I think that Hugo Strange, for as obscure as he is, was a really good choice for this. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's true that for as varied as Batman's you know nemeses are, all of the villains in the series, and even Batman himself, they have a, a, a mental disorder or defect that lies at the root of what's wrong with them. So having this kind of evil psychologist who is working to corral all, all of these crazy people um for, you know to use the most politically incorrect term possible um to corral all these people that makes sense from a narrative uh from a narrative standpoint right mm-hmm. so that's mm-hmm. pretty cool that they that they roll his character uh, uh exposition into those into those therapy sessions which mm-hmm. is pretty mm-hmm. neat did you uh did you call the uh or did you foresee the clayface thing i did not no i so- did did you? <laughs> um, yeah, and I was a little bit annoyed that they that they uh, uh, did the um, idiot montage as Batman came to realize what was happening. Yeah, yeah. You know, our, the idiot montage or the saw montage where they do the rapid cut uh, between all of the things like, oh, this was off, this was wrong, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Like, Dear God. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it's weird. And the only reason, I, again, Clayface, really obscure villain, they're reaching back into the annals to get him. Uh, he was the villain in one of the first Batman comics that I bought and owned for myself, so I knew what he did. Mm-hmm. And like how he came together. So I was like, oh, if there are two Jokers and there's that quick shot of messed up face, real face, something's wrong here. And then boom, Clayface. But what was cool about Clayface was they completely sidestepped having a stupid end boss battle. I liked him as a final boss. What is that? Um, compared to, you know, Titan Joker from, yeah. from one. Bohawk Joker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Punk yeah. Rock Joker for some reason. Um, yeah, I, th- I thought that that was, uh, that was a neat way to sidestep. Like, okay, how do we make a fight between Batman and the Joker, 
you that know, does feel feel climactic. That's true. That's true. I you know for me, I'm someone who kind of sometimes needs the idiot montage because like I will think something's weird at the time and I will immediately dismiss it and just not <laughs> think about it again. And so yeah, so when that happened at first, well you know since they had killed off two of the uh, other people that way when when i saw the joker get stabbed i was just like oh man they're doing this too like <laughs> you know I, I you know i didn't think they were yeah so i mean i was kind of surprised by that um and yeah i mean i didn't i didn't mind the boss battle it was it was good but at the same time it's a boss battle that they, you don't really feel a lot of gravity behind the situation because it's like you see it's clayface and then you fight him <laughs> it's there's no sense of uh, uh, of closure with that sort of fight, you know. Like it's uh, just yeah. like you're immediately thrown into. I guess I'm thinking more from a from a uh, quote unquote uh, gameplay uh, okay. kind of kind of view because the because the, the I think we can all agree that the boss fight in Arkham Asylum was uh, bad. <laughs> I, I didn't hate it as much yeah. as most people did. Okay. I yeah. Are you saying I'm hopping on the bandwagon, Merkel? No, I'm not saying you're hopping on the bandwagon. I'm just saying that. I haven't heard anybody like it, and I don't. I, I wouldn't say I necessarily like it either, but I, I didn't think it was horrible. Yeah. So, lo- kind of looking back at some of the other boss fights and the fighting in general, I mean, did, did you like the uh, the the kind of additions that they made to the uh, to the to the uh, combat engine there in Arkham Asylum? Could you quick fire different gadgets by doing left trigger plus face button? Yes, but it wasn't as. Uh... It wasn't as fine-tuned as it was now. You could do it with the grappling hook, and you might have been able to do it with one other thing, but you couldn't, like, quick-fire the explosive gel. Uh, you couldn't quick-fire uh, the freeze grenades or anything like that. So Right, and those freeze grenades, and um, especially the electrical charge cannon, Yeah. Um, I you know, by the end, I was using those, uh, and they made the kind of big gang battles uh, substantially less tedious. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the the electrical charge, how that makes the enemies shoot other enemies. I thought that was fantastic. Such a nice reward. Yeah. Um. Just the the combat in this game. I mean, for as much as they kind of, I, I feel like, I feel like they leaned on it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish that they would have um, done more of the stalking and stealth kind of predator sections. Um, I felt like those were a, a little bit underrepresented. Um, in in the game. Um. They, 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 that, that core combat mechanic is, is so delightfully simple. Yeah. I, I, cause I feel like this was the first game to kind of revolutionize it where it's a uh, square button to hit uh triangle button to counter. And then, you know, everything kind of follows from that. Like, I mean, do you feel like that? I, cause that's what I always felt is that that was the first game to do that mechanic that way. I mean, it, it, it was, it's great because, you know, there's so many third person action games that uh, complicate it a lot. Uh, Devil May Cry, uh, Ninja Gaiden, Bayonetta, all God of those. Of yeah, God of God of War. Although God of War is a little bit a uh, little bit simpler th- than those other ones, but still, the it, it remains having one button to attack and then working in the combo right away. It, it, it kind of lets you not worry about what your hands are doing and lets you focus more on strategy and crowd control, which is important in a lot of these uh, a lot of these battles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. And there's nice touches too, like the, their uh, addition, like their critical hit system, like it teaches you to not button mash. Oh yeah, you that, you know. And I, I need something like that because it, yeah, no, the combat system's fantastic. Uh, the boss battles overall on this one, I think, were a lot better than the first one. 
I was thinking about it and just kind of, uh, you know, I have a fact open for the game right now so I can kind of reference things that were actually there. I can't remember an awful lot of the boss battles from the first game. I remember. Yeah, let's, let's list them. There's, there's Poison Ivy. There is, uh, uh, Killer Croc, if you want to consider that a boss battle. It's more of a puzzle. It was, know, it's more walking around. It was more <laughs> walking very, walk, trying to walk very quietly and then just auto firing a battering every, every couple minutes. Yeah. But let's let's say that they intended that to be a boss battle, okay. maybe. Um, then there's the there's the Joker boss battle at the end. Mm-hmm. What else was there? You fought Bane. I remember fighting Bane. Uh, there was also um, the Joker boss battle at the end. Did we mention that? I think we did. Yeah. But uh, but I mean, this one you have Solomon Grundy, who mm-hmm. was uh, 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 somebody that I didn't really know of before. I didn't this. either. Yeah. Uh, so that kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, let's see here. He had race, uh, mm-hmm. which is weird that they pronounce it differently. Cause I always pronounced it Ross. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There was Mr. Freeze, Mr. Freeze, which I have a really conflicted relationship with that boss fight. I thought that this was one of the best boss battles since the metal gear solid games. I got a crazy metal gear solid vibe from it. It felt like a cross between Vulcan Raven and, uh, and psycho mantis. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's just what it felt like to me because, and, and it's weird because I never considered Mr. Freeze to be one of the, uh, uh more threatening villains in the, mm-hmm. uh, in, in the collection, uh, you know, that, that Batman has gone up against, but they really say it like you can't face him head on. So I was like, he's just a stupid scientist. I can beat him up and take his lunch money. Right. But, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, just, uh, they worked it to be a puzzle boss, but not strictly, uh, you know, like the killer croc kind of thing, you know? Yeah. It, yeah. It was one where it, the, the thing that was perfect about it is it gave you time to run away, hide and like assess your environment, but you still at the same time had to figure out how to get to him or how to, you know, hurt him in any way using the environment. And the fact that he made a point of saying that won't work against me. And then there are concrete reasons why you can't attack him, you know, mm-hmm. two times, uh, the same way, uh, like, does the guide of ways to hurt him come up by default? I don't remember, uh, because it came up for me after a couple of minutes of not really being able to figure it out. Is that just kind of like the idiot button? Did you get that? I turned off the hints, so it might've, I don't think I saw it. Okay. But, um, but if you, I mean, if you're in detective mode or whatever, if you look at, if you like go, like for instance, I happened to look over the wires that were in the water, uh-huh. and so it said like, oh, this is you know electrical wires that you know basically tell you this can kill him, you know. So that's how I figured you know one of those parts out. But the thing I really liked about it is, yeah, I liked how he learned, or you know, like how if you would use you know like one sort of thing to hurt him or attack him, like the uh, like the magnets, or, you know, how he would. After that happened, he would shoot every magnet he saw and like freeze it over so you couldn't use it again. Same thing with the with the floor vent grate things. Mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm. I, yeah, so I thought that was really cool. I liked having uh, a boss battle where they were learning from what you were doing. You know, like you don't see that too often. Right. It was actively thwarting any of your any of your attempts to ex- exploit it. Right. Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think that I would have liked it more if I was better at the game. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a common thing for me because I'm not very good at games. Uh, but um, I, I loved it. If I could have pulled it off in the first couple of tries, I would have really walked away from it feeling great about it. But I had to retry it like four or five times. Gotcha. And uh, I'm not um, by nature a very patient person. I've noticed. <laughs> <laughs> so... So it's uh, it was weird because you played the majority of the game in this kind of predator hiding and trying to go after vulnerabilities with the enemies. And then when you previously you get to these boss fights and then boom, it becomes this all out brawler kind of thing. It, it almost felt like it was more in keeping with the, the, the style of what Batman would do, like how he would approach that situation as opposed yeah. to, you know, just, you know, handing out packs of fives, right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. I like that expression. I've never heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but Batman's not afraid to, you know, to, to, to pummel somebody, you know. Mm -mm. But, but, uh, but that's just not his, his go-to, you know. It's not a style, right? Yeah. Let's talk about the open world kind of aspect of it because it's something they flirted with in uh, Arkham Asylum, but they really. Really? Uh, <laughs> what, what's that? I was going to say because I feel like Arkham Asylum was about as linear as a game as you can get. Yeah, but it, like it had the hub areas, and it gave okay. you it gave you direction to go from one to the other. But there was a there was a great deal of exploration that you, that you could do, um, and you Is could that you could challenges or. Yeah, Riddler challenges or, you know, just like you weren't locked out of different areas until specific narrative things did lock you out of them. Okay. Um, and you were kind of free to move about the island as you as you chose to. There may not have been a lot to do, but, okay. you know, if I see what you're saying. After yeah. you got the explosive gel, you were free to look around for different vulnerable areas similar to how you would approach like a Metroid game or okay. any of the, you know, the, the Castlevania uh, kind of kind of uh, Metroidvania titles. Um, so so they flirted with that a little bit, but they went full um assassin's creed in in this well how, how'd you how'd you feel about that i know you're a fan of an open world yeah yeah so i guess what what i meant when i was saying that i thought asylum was linear was that like at any given time you had one mission to do and you had you know and there was one place you could go to do that mission and and so that's i, I guess that's why i thought that i felt like it was a linear game but um yeah with this one it, yeah it was m much more open and i feel like they probably did this as a direct response to because uh, I feel like that was a criticism of the first game, as many people thought that it was too linear or too, you know, you were you were kind of confined to go to where they wanted you to go. In a sense, um, I thought it was interesting that they they went like almost the opposite direction with it, where at any given time there's four or five different missions you can do. Granted, they're broken up into there's a main mission that you can do, which is the, the main storyline, and then every other mission's a side mission. But, uh, I, you know, I, I, I liked it. I, um, I thought the thing that pulled it off was how well-developed all the individual sections of the world were. And so... I think I think that's what made it a good open world game. Was every corner of the Arkham City had its own distinctive style and character. And what was cool about Arkham Asylum that I liked that carried over with this as the game in the first one progressed different as I said different narrative things, you know, Poison Ivy going full Titan, uh mm -hmm. destroying different areas, you know, the mm -hmm. the the, <laughs> the island itself degraded along with Batman's suit it seemed. Um, yeah. and in this one, it's not as drastic, but mm -hmm. you know, when you reach the end game and things are quite clearly time sensitive, like I'd say up, up until the point, 
uh, up beyond the point where you have to go to the steel mill again to to get the Joker and all the snipers are out and that and yeah. that entire side of the map. Um, mm-hmm. It makes it more difficult for you to pursue your side quests in that area, yes. um, and kind of the the shifting power dynamic as different you know factions take over different parts of the city, different districts. That that is an that is a cool way where it plays out, um, mm-hmm. and it makes the the world feel a little bit less static than it would if if they had gone you know Assassin's Creed two with it. Feels a bit more like Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. I I have a hard time with the Assassin's Creed metaphors, but I know. I know. <laughs> I know you. I, I know you hate good games, but <laughs> <laughs> ouch. Um, yeah, no, I agree with you on, on the one aspect where one thing that I thought Arkham Asylum did better was how the world was much more dynamic in Arkham Asylum with yeah with like Poison Ivy taking over and how like pretty much every setting you go to you see in a different light at one point of the game or another, whereas in this one. I mean, there are a couple of big changes, like snipers or helicopters or the tower exploding. But overall, I mean, the city at the beginning is pretty pretty much the same as the city in the end, you know? Um, so I guess that's one thing that, you know, I don't know how they could have... It would have been much more work for them to make it as dynamic as Arkham Asylum was. So just I, just just by the square mileage of the of the area involved. Exactly. Exactly. I didn't like the visual design of the city that much. Really? Okay. I I just for for some reason it looked you know I know they were going for grungy I know they were going for uh um kind of this bright comic book color area I just thought it looked ugly. And okay. not like that, you know. This was this was an aesthetic decision that we made. I just thought that it looked not great. Okay, just just me though. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, for me, it's like I I thought that the style was right on par with the animated series from uh, the early nineties, uh-huh. and so I was all over it. I mean, I I really liked it because I guess I have a lot of nostalgia tied into that series because i watched so it a good. whole bunch as a kid so yeah and all the voice actors came back for this exactly yeah <laughs> yeah um so. one thing that surprised me was that getting around wasn't a pain yeah um i, I was worried about that going in because uh, i was like how how versatile could the could the grappling hook be but uh once you get that grapnel boost exactly to, to yeah. launch yourself around the city yeah. Um, and you figure out the dive bombing, uh, which I didn't figure out until I had to do it for the uh, Race Al Ghul. Exactly. Yeah, uh, me too. Desert stuff. I was which, like, holy crap. I was going to say, that was my biggest criticism. My biggest criticism of the game is how they talk about how no one can pass the demon trials. And it's like, well, yeah, no one's going to be able to pass it if they don't have a cape that they can fly around in. <laughs> exactly. Well, what if it's, you know, what if it's uh, kind of. Uh, tailored to each individual person's strengths, you know, if they're good Perhaps. at if they're good at Sudoku, it's just a really difficult Sudoku. <laughs> Batman just happens to be able to glide, so he, so yeah. know, it's it's not very it's not very clearly explained. So we're gonna yeah. have to let it. That's slide. the that's the entire that was what I was thinking the entire time I was doing that. I was like, <laughs> how would they expect any other person to do this? So I liked that sequence um, from a visual design standpoint, but it really really made me wish that Scarecrow was back. Yeah, and I, this is one thing I was going to bring up. What, what for you was the best part of the game? For me, best moment of the game. Best moment of the game. Perhaps you should think about it. And I'll share yeah. what I thought the best moment. The Mad Hatter. I thought 
was the best because I thought that was essentially the equivalent of a, of the Scarecrow, yeah. but it was only you know it wasn't you know exactly the same thing. It wasn't you know, mm-hmm. but uh, just that whole sequence though of of going to get the medicine, then realizing something's wrong, and then like waking up and doing that fight. I I thought that was so cool and the and the whole the stage that you're on where you're fighting on a clock that's falling. Yeah. I just thought that was really far out. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, so. no joke. You know what? I it, it might be a cop out. I really liked that one. And aside from the Mr. Freeze fight, mm-hmm. um I would say that is and, and that that kind of speaks to the game because not a lot stuck out to me. Mm-hmm. Um unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah, it, yeah. It, 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 it felt like moving from one area to another and then moving from the area to another that was good and doing your thing at the place was good but there was nothing that stuck out like the scarecrow fights or sequences yeah um and and that kind of was a bummer yeah those were those were definitely show stealers from the first game yeah well i, I remember you telling me you really really didn't like the catwoman sequences yeah, no, uh, when I first started playing the game, uh, I maybe, I don't know how far I got, I might have gotten to the part where you first meet the Joker and then he kicks you, he gives you his blood and then he kicks you out of the warehouse in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. I got that far and then I I had played two missions with Catwoman at that point, the one where, the first mission and then the one where she goes to Poison Ivy's place. Yeah. And I, it was just I don't know what it was, but it just was taking me out of the game. And this was uh, this was something that actually I, I talked to you earlier about was how one of the the goals of the first game was to make you feel like you had uh, kind of like authority over Batman, or make you feel like you were the Dark Knight sort of thing. You know, like uh, since you know the entire first game, every scene is you behind the dark, you know, you behind Batman. You know, and they did that so well in the first game. And so I was I was just really taken aback I guess when like when they throw in the Catwoman sequences especially when it it just seems to break up the main narrative like the the opening scene is of you getting shocked at uh by Hugo Strange and then waking up in the mirror if you play with the Catwoman though if you play with the Catwoman stories the opening is a cutscene of Catwoman stealing something something from a safe you know like yeah which one of those is a is a better <laughs> opening, you know? Like, so I yeah, so I I played that for a little bit, and then after after maybe an hour of play, I turned it off just because I I thought it was, uh, I guess ruining the rest of the game for me. I don't know. Well, do you do you want to know what's kind of crazy about this? What the 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 point where you left where you were as Catwoman being held hostage by Poison Ivy? Yeah, that's the last you see of Catwoman. Mm-hmm. Until after the fight with Joker in the okay. steel mill, up until the very end, like I guess if you if you have if you have Catwoman um, turned off, it's just like the building collapses on Batman. Then Catwoman comes and rescues him. Mm-hmm. If you have Catwoman turned on, you uh, you know it breaks away after the building collapses. You you as Catwoman break into one of Hugo's confiscation vaults and get Ivy's flower back for her. Um, and then she decides uh, to go rescue Batman because something comes up on her comm screen or whatever. Okay. So, okay. But so like you played the two Catwoman Catwoman missions that you encountered in the first part. Then there's nothing from until her, the until ending. the very end of the game. Okay. Yeah. 
but it's weird how they let her hijack the 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 the, the opening the first image the first impression of the game that you get yeah I can't say that I was displeased or distracted by it when it happens, um, mm-hmm. but looking back at it now, with you describing it, yeah, that does kind of bother me. Well, yeah, I mean, after I turned it off and went back to play the game, like without it, it it just felt like such a better experience, you know. I hear it. I don't think that she played any worse, right? I think you know she was okay to fight as, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, getting around. It was it was it was different, but it you know worked. Yeah. Um, you know, like launching yourself from kind of perch to perch, uh, yeah. the way that they made the entire city navigable by her and that she has her own set of trophies that she can yeah. get. I think that's cool. The only problem is that she does take away time from Batman. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Have, uh, have you done the new game plus yet? I haven't. No, I, uh, after I beat the game, I just wanted to try and get all the trophies. I don't know if I'll do it or not. Um, I might wait a while and then maybe go back and play through the story again if I... It doesn't look fun. What... Is it just like the hard mode or... It's hard. Um, I, I believe it's 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 hard difficulty. Um, you get to keep all of your, you know, gadgets that you, know, mm-hmm. that you had from the beginning or at, mm-hmm. at the end, rather. And I think your upgrades stay. Maybe not your upgrades, okay. I don't think. I think you have to re-upgrade everything. Yeah. But... The big thing and the thing that doesn't look fun to me is that the counter icons don't, don't there. they don't show up. Yeah, that's how it was in the first game too when they had hard mode, and so it's it's tough to get used to. Um, but then when you go back and play the normal mode, it's like a walk in the park, and, <laughs> and you like uh, yeah. So yeah, it's because I, I, yeah, I remember playing the hard mode in the first game, and that's the exact same thing I thought when I first started playing it as well. It makes you pay a lot more attention to... You have to look at all the people you're fighting and make sure that no one's starting to attack you. Some of those fights, they throw so many enemies at you. Oh my gosh. Um, Have you gone back to the courthouse like after you're done with the story part of it? No. Um, That's that's one where there's like maybe 20-some people there. (sighs) Something ridiculous. Um, no, it was really fun though because I threw a uh, like one of the ice grenades, like the cluster Clusters. ones. Yeah, yeah. So it was like twenty people were frozen, and maybe three people weren't, and so that was a lot of fun fighting through all of those people. But <laughs> make no mistake, it makes you feel like a badass when you do it. Yeah, that's um, yeah. I mean, that's that is something that maybe we should lavish or throw some more praises on is like. Their fight system is so nice, and every fight, you know, it could be fighting, you know, some dumb little, uh, I don't know, guard on the street, but they make it feel like they're doing something so momentous. So yeah, and they they add new stuff at such uh, a manageable rate mm-hmm. that you don't really feel like you're getting too much to do. Like it gives you new tricks um, at just the right point in time to deal mm-hmm. with the things that you're going to be encountering. Not anything new for games, but that pacing is handled so well that yeah. um, you know I felt like I had thoroughly mastered knowing when to auto throw different gadgets, you know, before they gave me another one to do. Yeah, some there's some a couple neat additions. I liked the uh, like the night vision goggles that some of the bad guys had, where they could scan you on the gargoyle. Mm-hmm. And also the the jammers that uh, some of the guards had. That, the only thing I, you know, the ones I'm talking about, where yeah, yeah, where it disabled your de- your detective vision. 
Yeah, I thought those were cool. The only thing that kind of sucked though was those were at like designated positions. Mm-hmm. So like the jammer is only on the subway part, you know, like it right. only comes up there, and the the people with the goggles only come up at the entrance to Wonder City or the museum. So really underutilized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was gonna say, I think, I think, yeah, you're kind of right. Where it's like they they beefed up the combat system, and you know it. You know, really fleshed it out, but yeah, the the predator part was a little bit underdeveloped, and uh, yeah, or they didn't explore it as much as they could have. Yeah, I mean, it was already really good. They they could have just taken things as they were from Arkham Asylum, you know, wholesale and just put it in there. I just don't feel like they used it enough, mm-hmm. which okay. is kind of kind of a shame. That and the navigation puzzle kind of stuff. Um, trying to figure out how to traverse. I just remember, um, you know, Arkham, Arkham Asylum, you know, when they gave you different gadgets that were used to get around, um, to different areas before I'm thinking specifically of like the back claw, uh, stuff like that. This didn't have an awful lot of opportunities to use those and solve those particular kinds of puzzles. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I was kind of disappointed that they didn't have the, yeah, like the three part grappling hook. Is that the back claw? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say though, that, uh, at one point, one of the puzzles involved not really figuring anything out, but just remembering that you had a particular, uh, gadget that, yeah. you, that you hadn't used a lot up to that point. Which one are you thinking of? I'm thinking of a time in the steel mill when you have to create, um, rafts out of ice on the, uh, on the boiling water. Okay. Um, and you pull yourself over to the side because you know the flow is taking you into gigantic drills. <laughs> yeah, gigantic drills for some reason. And you're on dry land, and the, what what it makes you think because what you had to do before was follow the, you know follow the flow and then just duck under the things. I couldn't get the ice flow to move um, f- further down because it was at the side uh, you know the side area. And I was I, I was caught. Actually, I remember I was talking to you while I was trying to figure it out. I was like, I can't figure it out. I can't figure it out. Yeah, it's and, the and, yeah the line jumper right the, or the, the line. line. The yeah. line launcher, which you yeah. had to use like in the sewers a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's no wonder that I didn't use it because like it never asked me to do it that much before. And I forgot yeah. that it was even available to me. Did you, you played and beat the first one, right? Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's because that's the only reason I remember to use it. It's like, oh, I've been in this situation before. Poison Ivy's room at the end of the for, you know, first game. Like, oh, line, line launcher. <laughs> so. Which is neat. You, in the first game, could you uh, could you um, change direction midair? No, that not, was cool. Yeah. I liked that. Yeah, yeah, and how they it was nice that they slowed it down for you too. Yeah, yeah, that was nice. Did you then the puzzle immediately after that where you have to throw the batarang through the electricity? I liked that. Did you get it? How long did that take you? Mm, like three throws. Okay. Well, how long did it take you to figure out what to do? Um, it was really similar to a puzzle in the uh, in the museum, um, so I, I I kind of had it figured out pretty quickly, honestly. Oh, which one in the museum? Uh, it was where it was in the kind of like the big uh, um, entrance hall to one was of the it areas, the, like the gladiator arena. Yeah, it was like the gladiator the gladiator re- arena or the torture room, something like that, where you had yeah. to throw it and then. Um, get it through the electricity and then swing it around to the, to the other side. So you would hit the fuse panel. Okay. Yeah. See, I didn't, I got through that without having to do that. Really? Yeah. I didn't have to open huh. the, the two doors. The, I was able to just 
go through. Huh. That's what. That's why I was. Yeah, I was kind of scratching my head for about five minutes or so uh, when I got to that point in the steel mill. The tricky part for me was um, I I had never done the reverse it thing where yeah. you hit both triggers and then it uh, yeah. swings back, which is almost necessary necessary for you to have to do. Yeah. Um, disregarding how absurd it is to have uh, a batarang break in midair. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I'm not like. So, uh, mad physics don't work that way. Um, I'm not, I'm not that guy, but I was just kind of like, oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of hokey that there's a reverse battering. Yeah. Yeah. That, it's it, kind of hokey. It felt a little bit like the, uh, the, the Nikita missile, uh, uh, puzzle slash segment from the Metal Gear Solid game with the okay, uh, electrified yeah. floor. It felt a I little bit just... like that. Yeah. Which isn't a bad thing. I'm not saying yep. that is a bad thing. So, um, what do you think is next for Rocksteady? Well, the, okay. So this is one one thing I wanted to mention. Um, you, did you get any of the mission of Watcher in the Wings? No. Okay, because there's one which I think they wanted you to find like pretty soon. Because there's a it's one of the side missions, and it's just a person who randomly appears on a rooftop and he'll like say some sort of cryptic message to Batman and then he'll he has some sort of like beam sword that he pushes into the ground and disappears and then he leaves like a symbol behind but anyway um if you if you go to four of his locations you have to kind of solve this riddle and figure out where he is but then if you go and meet him he tells you of this like prophecy of Gotham burning and how it, the prophecy is coming true or whatever, and it's basically like some sort of cult. But the immediate thing I thought of first was, are they talking about a third Batman game? Because it it seemed as if they were. Okay. That might be something that you might want to check out. Yeah, I might want to go back in, because there's there are some side quests that I've yet to finish. Mm-hmm. Um, so that might be good. I haven't done an awful lot of the Riddler uh, stuff. I you know it's worth it. The the Riddler missions are pretty awesome. They Riddler is like the equivalent of Jigsaw in this game. Yeah. And so, I, I really like the Riddler. My only problem was I went to the uh to the quest waypoint for the second one after you rescue the the doctors, I guess, something okay. like that. Um and I couldn't find the door that I had to go into. Okay, yeah, this was a problem for me too. There should be a question mark painted yeah. on the wall. Uh-huh. Do you remember seeing that? Yes. You have to walk up to it and tap X. It'll cuz if you walk up to like if you walk up right next to it, it, the X button will come up and it'll say like I don't know break or something and you tap on the wall and find like a dead spot and then you punch through it. Okay, cool. So, uh yeah, that 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 was that was frustrating cuz I I obviously I really like the Riddler. He's yeah. my he's my favorite uh Batman villain. I think he's got the coolest really? uh shtick, yeah. Yeah. He, and and again, you should you should collect the riddles too because all the interview tapes between the Riddler and Hugo Strange really awesome. You know, <laughs> like there's such good character develop, development in those in those interview tapes. Yeah. So I thought you know say say what you will about the game, they know how to incentivize exploration. They mm-hmm. really do. Mm-hmm. Have Have you done any, any of the any of the Challenger maps? The challenge maps, rather? I haven't done any of those. I haven't done anything online, essentially. All the stuff I've done so far has been in the single player, and I think I only have, like, maybe 
five Riddler trophies, or I have like maybe three or four exploration Riddler trophies left, and then I got to do some of the like actions or the the moves. You know, oh, like how yeah. some of the Riddler trophies is. <laughs> so I got to do a few of those. But okay. So I think after I get all of those, then I will go about trying to. I'll check out the online content. So okay. I, I didn't realize the challenge maps were online. I, I don't know if they are or not. Uh, maybe they're not. Yeah. I mean, cause you unlock them. And I remember from the first game, there was something similar. Like yeah. it would just give you one of those predator rooms and it would say, do this without punching a dude. And yeah. you would do it that way. So yeah, that, that that's probably how it is done. Yeah. I don't know why I thought in my head that it's online for some reason. I just did. Yeah. I don't know if I have anything more to say, so do we want to do um, kind of closing comments about it? Sure, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to rush this to a conclusion. I just, I, f- I feel like I've said all that I have to say. So, I okay. mean, how about how about you? Yeah, one thing I wanted to add was the. I think another strength that Rocksteady has is they really understand the characters that they're talking about in the okay. game. You can tell that they're all big fans of the Batman series. And so, like, and one of the ways you can tell that is, you know, like, their take on all the the bad guys and all the characters that they do, it's unique, it's their own take on it, but it's also very respectful to the source material. It's very respectful to, you know, the intentions of the characters from the comics and the TV show, and so... that's one thing I think that is really great for him, you know? It's incredibly faithful, and one thing that I like about it, all of the villains have dealt with Batman before. Mm -hmm. So you don't have, you know, one thing that is pervasive in comic book media is the origin story. Like, find out why Batman and the Joker hate each other. Yeah. And in this one, there's this sense of weariness. Batman knows that the penguin is going to try and set up a black black market. Batman knows exactly what all these people are doing. He has Mm -hmm. booked and dealt with all of them several times. Mm -hmm. So there's almost like this uh, comfortableness. There's a, it's not, there's this level of comfort that, uh, that, that is, that is reached. That's really implicit. And I think that has, that shows a lot of respect for the viewer. Um, mm-hmm. Or the player, rather, because they don't explicitly state like, "Oh, it's Mister Freeze. He freezes stuff." If you want to figure out his backstory, you have the option to go in and look at his bio, which gives yeah. you enough information to figure out what it's about. But it doesn't step out of its way to spoon feed anything to you. For sure. So, which game's better, this game or Arkham Asylum? I'd say Arkham Asylum. Hmm. Um, and I just have to defer back to our original kind of, uh, discussion about memorable moments. Um, mm-hmm. i I feel like, um, Arkham Asylum, even though it is a briefer experience that it, I feel that it is a more guided and more focused and it's kind of this better look into the Batman universe. The plot is a lot, um, is, is, is a lot better and I use plot as the, you know, the series of, uh, of events and motivations that take you from one place to another. Um, I feel like Arkham Asylum is a more interesting locale than Arkham City. That mm-hmm. said, you know, I don't mean for any of that to sound like I would dissuade you from playing Arkham City for a minute, you know? Yeah. How about yeah. you? I mean, you're, you're, you, have, you have a lot of skin in the game here. Uh, well, between the two of them, Arkham City is definitely more ambitious. You know, there's there's way more characters, I feel like, in Arkham City than there are in Arkham Asylum. Um, I don't know, maybe we'd have to put it to account to see, 
you know, how many bad guys there are in the first game and how many there are in the second. But, you know, like one thing I noticed is like in the in the first game, they referenced a whole heck of a lot of bad guys. You know, like you could find like Mr. Freeze's cell mm-hmm. or you could find like you, they had Clayface, I guess, technically in the first game. Uh, but as Gordon or Quincy Sharp, so I mean, it's they had him in a in a way that they had to do no extra development to put him in there. Right. Um, so I mean, Ar- Arkham City was definitely more ambitious of experience. It's a much bigger map. Uh, there was much more work they had to do, and there's there's more side stuff to do. You know, there's more of these side missions to do. I mean, the Riddler, there's 400 Riddler trophies in this game. There were only a hundred in the, in the first one, 120 or so. And so for that, I give them kudos because they tried to make an open world environment that was just as detailed as Arkham Asylum, if not more detailed. And so I think that was pretty fantastic because I hadn't seen that done as well as they had done that. But I'm also going to have to say that I like Arkham Asylum better for the similar reasons, where it's a it's a much more focused experience, and uh, yeah, and it has memorable moments. Like the first time, uh, the I think it's I guess it's the third Scarecrow fight where your TV acts like it's going off, and then you wake up, and then you're in the chair, and Joker's pulling you around. I mean, that experience was like opening up a, a Christmas present when you're a kid. You know, like it was just such a fun experience and like so well crafted. Arkham Asylum was definitely the proof of concept. Like you said, this is them saying, okay, this stuff works. We can take it to 11. But it was also a much more intimate experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the only word I can think of to say it. I'm sorry that I cut you off, but I had to throw in the word intimate. No, that's fine. <laughs> that's, ex- yeah, you said you nailed it. Yeah. So. I'd say the second game was good. It's a good uh it's a good second in a trilogy perhaps. Who knows? I don't yeah. know. Not many not many games could have killed off the Joker and still have been a good game, you know? Yeah. So I just don't know where they're gonna go next. Yeah. I, 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 I sat through all the I, I sat through the entire credits waiting for, you know, the, the post credit stinger, the reveal. Like, you know, the Joker's body bag moving or something or, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, uh, a couple of chattering teeth on his, you know, kind of like dug up grave kind of thing. Um, yeah. But it didn't come. Yeah. And <laughs> he, it was funny how the Joker was his own undoing, you know, Batman saying, I would have cured you. <laughs> you yeah. know? And, you know, I thought that that was good, but it's like, I, I don't know if I want to believe that there could be a better villain for the third game. You know, yeah, it's kind of like uh, with the Dark Knight Rises. Um, I really like the actor that they have chosen to be the main villain in that. I'm not going to say who the main villain is because I don't know um, how sensitive people are going to be to spoilers on that. But um, the Joker is a tough act to follow, Heath Ledger or not, Mark Hamill or not. You know, yeah, yeah, that's true. So we'll and, see. And. I guess the one thing I'd also liked that one thing I thought they did tastefully about the Joker's death was the fact that it, yeah, it was a consequence of the first game and like him choosing to take the Titan or whatever was what caused him to die, you know, like, so I did like that. It wasn't just some out of the blue, him dying for no reason, you know, and it wasn't like a, a ploy necessary, necessarily, uh, it was something that was a result of the first game and that storyline. 
are we to believe because there was never any closure given to Arkham City being or not, Gotham City being poisoned? Oh yeah, that that was one part of the story that was just dropped. Was yeah, the fact that he had put the blood in hospitals, but yeah. And the last of the cure that is on that movie theater floor. Yep. So, oops. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't know. You know, maybe Mr. Freeze has something or other to help synthesize it again. I don't know, but that is kind of a pretty glaring hole. And, you know, anything that happens in the last five minutes of any piece of art or media, just kind of like, oh, the ending should be left up to your interpretation. What do you think happened? That's a a pretty big plot point. (laughs) Well, I mean, perhaps they left an opening and that'll be where the story picks up. Oh, with Batman being in trouble with Ghostbusters style for letting the city down. (laughs) Folks, right? <laughs> They're gonna have to turn off the machine. Yeah. <laughs> Batman's gonna be doing kids parties uh, at the beginning of Arkham Planet. Um, <laughs> uh, dude, uh, so that's something that's really funny too. If you go up to the guards, there's there's this one group of guards. I don't know if you heard this talk or not, but they're talking about the progression from Arkham Asylum to Arkham City, and they're like. They're like, these guys are crazy. These guys referring to like politicians or sharp or whatever. They're like, yeah. like first they did the asylum, then they're making an entire city. What are they going to do next? Yeah. And it's like, oh, you're talking about the developers. That's cute. You know? That's funny. Yeah. There's, oh. there's a couple little winks like that throughout the game that were, that were nice. Cool. So, I mean, I'd say buy it, you know, if, if, if that's the information that you, of course it's not the information that you're looking for. Cause if you listen to this whole thing, you've already played it, dummy. Um, so I'd say don't feel bad for having played it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> you shouldn't feel wrong. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. Ready to button it up? Sure. That was episode number 133 of Stand Under the Don't Tree and Riddle Me This, emphasis on Riddle Me This, a podcast about video games and specifically this time about Batman Arkham City. Uh, if you are interested in helping us out, you can uh, pop by iTunes and leave us a review, leave us a ranking. Uh, that, uh, that that really helps us out. Um, if you don't like the iTunes, you can like us on Facebook. Just uh, enter us in the search bar and we'll come up. You can suggest stories. You can tell us what's on your mind and we will address your concerns on the air. Um, other than that, there's this good old fashioned keep on listening and tell your friends. Um it's uh you know the, the the network is doing pretty well right now i'm very happy about that and you know with that more people coming in so if this is your first time checking us out you know to hear our uh um, kind of rare thoughts on a brand new game uh, usually it takes us a little bit to get to these uh kind of things um then welcome to the show and uh thank you so much for giving us the time um hope we can continue to um, entertain you in the future we'll be back next week with our you know kind of usual uh, fair. I know that I'm going to be talking a little bit, a little bit more about uh, Knights of the Old Republic, um, just because I'm keeping my promise to Ben there. I know I'm ex- I'm so excited to see you beat that game. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and just all all, all of the good stuff. So uh, now that we've laid out the homework, I can uh, we can put this uh, episode to bed. My name is Cole Ross. My name is Ben Merkel. And thank you so much for listening.